The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher, and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Um, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And our focus today is on love. Ah, love. <laughs> it's something we've all felt. It's something we all want and could certainly use more of. <laughs> love has probably been described and defined in more ways than any other concept in our human experience. I'll say. Countless poets, musicians, artists, writers, philosophers, and others have, have all put their unique spin on the concept and experience of love. You know, and yet for many, real love remains elusive. R- real love? <laughs> well, specifically the real ascended master meaning of love. What does it mean to love in the divine sense? That's what we're going to explore today. Of course, all of the Ascended Masters know, teach, and manifest real love because they have perfected their oneness with their Christ selves and communion with God. Yeah. However, some of these Masters, those who have earned particularly high attainment in certain areas, are given special, well, let's call it jurisdiction in certain areas. What we're referring to here are the Lords or Chohans of the Seven Rays. Mm-hmm. And there is, in fact, a Chohan specifically for the flame of love. Well, that's right. And we'll meet this particular Chohan who represents divine love in a moment. But first things first, Chohan means Lord. And certain ascended masters have been granted this special status as hierarchs or lords of specific energy flames or rays. Yeah, and let's take a few moments now to acquaint our listeners with these great masters. First, we have the ray of devotion to the will of God. And the Chohan of this ray is El Moria. This ray is called the first ray, and its signature color is blue. El Moria is the founder of the Summit Lighthouse, and he is the guru and teacher of our messengers, Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And he embodies the qualities of the Father Principal, statesman, executive, ruler, and represents the godly attributes of courage, power, self-reliance, faith, and initiative. Moving on, Lord Lanto is the Chohan of the Second Ray, the Illumination Ray, and the color associated with this ray is golden yellow. Lord Lanto is one of the 144,000, those great souls who volunteered to accompany Sanat Kumara on his mission to an earth that had grown almost devoid of light and to rekindle the flame of life in God, saving mankind from almost certain destruction. Yeah, you know, incidentally, Sanat Kumara is also known as the Ancient of Days, referred to as such a number of times in the Bible, particularly in the book of Daniel. 
Now, Lord Lanto is de- dedicated to the perfectionment of the evolutions of this planet through cosmic Christ illumination. And the golden flame that he bears is charged with the momentum of God victory for the youth of the world. Now, Serapis Bay is the Chohan of the fourth ray, the Ascension Ray, and the white of purity is associated with this ray. The fourth ray is the Ascension Flame, and the white light of the Mother in the base of the spine chakra. Out of this white light comes architecture, the principles of mathematics, and the foundations of the pyramid of self. The fifth ray is the ray of healing and truth. The Chohan of this ray is Hilarion, and the signature color is green. You know, Hilarion, in a previous embodiment, was the Apostle Paul. Now, he sponsors teachers of truth, servants of God, religious leaders and missionaries, as well as those practicing the healing arts, mathematicians, musicians, and in addition to those specializing in computer and space technology. Hilarion is truly an amazing master. Well, as are they all. (laughs) Yes, and as Hilarion embodies the flame of truth, he specifically amplifies the truth of the message to all that you too can do the works of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. You too can become the fullness of that Christ which he became. More about that in a minute. Yep, the universal Christ. For us, it is an inescapable theme. But for the moment, let's stay with the lords of the seven rays. Now, the Chohan of the sixth ray, the ray of peace, ministration, and service, is the Lady Master, Nada. The sixth ray's colors are purple and gold. From Nada, we learn the practical application of love and the path of personal Christhood through ministration and service to life. The the seventh ray is the ray of the violet flame, the the freedom flame. Mm -hmm. Naturally, the color is violet, and the (laughs) Chohan is St. Germain himself, hierarchy of the age of Aquarius. It is St. Germain who initiates our souls in the science and ritual of transmutation through this violet flame. And, of course, we cannot forget that there is an eighth ray, which represents all rays and the law of the one. This ray is governed by the hierarchs of all the rays, the Maha Chohan, who is the representative of the Holy Spirit. Maha Chohan means Great Lord, and he initiates our souls in preparation to receive the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's one more Chohan to whom we <laughs> referred earlier. Yes, there certainly is. This Chohan's focus is on the pink ray of love. We're talking about the ascended master, Paul the Venetian, known in his final embodiment as the great painter Paolo Veronese, and he is the Chohan of the third ray. This is the divine, this is the ray of divine love. And Paul sponsors the Ascended Master culture for this age and works with all who desire to bring that culture forth on behalf of mankind. The culture of the Ascended Masters is the keystone in the pyramid of the Golden Age. For they have said that it is through culture that mankind mm-hmm. will respond to spiritual truths and the Ascended Master's teachings. And it is through, it is through divine expressions of art, culture, and beauty that we can experience the real meaning of love. The Ascended Master, Paul the Venetian, is a devotee of beauty, a great teacher of art, and mentor on the path of love. He is also an initiator of the heart chakra. You know, as you said, Paul the Venetian's devotion is to beauty. And at the same time, he is also devoted to the perfection of the soul through compassion, patience, understanding, and the development of the intuitive and creative faculties of the heart, all qualities of real love. And the love he espouses is dynamic, vital, and all-encompassing. You know, this great Ascended Master once said, quote, The fullness of love cannot be love unless it is in action. Contemplated love or the mere repetition of words may occupy one's fancy, but love in action is the measure of a heart united with mind and soul, unquote. So the full expression of love is an active expression. Yes, and this master is devoted to the perfecting of the soul and the development of the intuitive and creative faculties of the heart. His path brings together the teachings of the lords of the first and second rays. Which would be the flames of the will of God and wisdom. Quite right. (laughs) And he makes the will and wisdom of God practical through the science of love 
as it applies to every challenge we face today. You know, and we're talking about this on both a personal as well as planetary scale. We are, because our inner landscape can often mirror the outer reality (laughs) in which we live. I'll say. So when we bring (laughs) forth our inner love and beauty, it will manifest in the world around us. And our world can always use more love and beauty. (laughs) Sure can. So to keep this in the context of today's theme, the real meaning of love, let's just say this. Real love is active. It embodies harmony and wholeness. Real love is an expression of the inner truth of our reality as a son or daughter of God. And the expression of that truth in the person of the Christ self in each of us. There it is again, Tom. (laughs) The concept of our birthright as a Christ. Yeah. (laughs) We really can't get away from this concept of personal Christhood, can we? Well, Well, no, we can't, nor should we. We always seem to come back around to it because understanding the reality of our personal Christ potential is so vital to our spiritual journey and to arriving at our ultimate destination. Home to the heart of God. Exactly. And it will be through the heart that each of us will eventually ascend. That's the path. And again, the recalibration of our hearts to beauty and love is the focus of Paul the Venetian. You know, to expand on today's theme a bit more, we've compiled a few salient excerpts from among the teachings of the Ascended Master Paul the Venetian. And here they are. The Real Meaning of Love What follows is a synthesis of the teachings of the Ascended Master Paul the Venetian, taken from the Lords of the Seven Rays by Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. (coughs) Some actually suppose that the words, I love you, carry the full force of its commitment and fulfillment. Not so. It is a mantra that must be fulfilled by a keen perception of the needs and demands of every part of life, and what ought to be the next givingness of self. Do you think that thinking about it will make it so? Thinking about it and yet not achieving it will result, in the hour of transition, in the necessity of going back into embodiment to begin again the process of coming to understand that the mighty work of the ages must be, here on earth, a shrine to the living, to the free, to the little ones, and to the Lord Himself who dwells with His people. My service to life and to you is to show you the way of love especially to coalesce the teachings of the lords of the first and the second ray. For here, at the point of love, is the leap into the fiery core of the ascension flame. Let each one then consider starting at the bottom of the stairway of love and enjoying each upward step. Let us not skip the steps and leap and bound with pride, but let us know that every step contains the lawful angles and the mathematics of life. The path of the third ray under the direction of the great Lord, the Mahachohan, who is the supreme artist of our lives, encompasses the divine art of the creation of man, by God and man as co-creators, and the decision to uncreate by the sacred fires of transmutation all that is unholy and ungodly. The path of the artist is the path of life. So is the third-ray discipline the inescapable synthesis of the divinity of Christ within the humanity of the Son of Man. People feel a sense of worthlessness, and that only the few have the ability to invent and create. But I am here to tell you that locked in the heart of every one of you is a unique idea of love that you can bring forth for the benefit of your fellow man and for the progress of the culture of the Divine Mother. It may be an invention, it may be a poem, it may be a geometric design, but it is a gift which only you can bring forth. Unfortunately, many of you have held that gift in your heart for a succession of embodiments, simply because no one has told you that you could release it, that you could bring it forth, that you are beings of ultimate creativity. Do not doubt that you, even in your present state, can rise quickly, no matter what your level of attainment, 
to greater self-mastery and greater control of the fires of creation. You must come to understand, not merely intellectually, but also in your feelings, that because all things are God's, all things are yours to command and to use to amplify His will and His wisdom, to acclaim the universe within and without as God's, and then use it to implement His glory. To be a co-creator with God, with love, is to know that the creation of beauty in some form is essential to the nurturing and development of the child and the Christ consciousness in us all, and to the maturation of the soul on the path of the ascension. <clears throat> oh, well, thank you, Terry. Now, when we return, we will share with you an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of Paul the Venetian, the relationship between love and art, as well as the remarkable connection between Paul the Venetian and the Statue of Liberty. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. What is the relationship between art and love? What effect does modern art have on consciousness? How can Paul the Venetian help us prepare for the ascension? These questions and more are answered in the following interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Can you tell us who Paul the Venetian is? Paul the Venetian is the Chohan, or Lord, of the Third Ray. He is an ascended master whose final incarnation was lived as Paolo Veronese, the great Italian artist of the Venetian school. He lived in the 16th century, and many of his great works, which hang in London, Paris, Madrid, Washington, and New York, are of religious scenes. He portrayed episodes in the life of Christ, such as the marriage at Cana, 
the presentation, the Via Dolorosa, Christ and the Centurion, the Resurrection, and so forth. One painting entitled The Holy Trinity, he completed after his ascension, and it hangs in his retreat, the Chateau de Liberté, which is in southern France. The retreats of the ascended masters are on the etheric plane, but they are often congruent with a physical focus. The physical focus of beloved Paul's retreat is a chateau which is maintained by a private French family. The Holy Trinity embodies the very essence of perfect love which casts out fear. In this painting, which is viewed by souls who come as students of the Master, he has portrayed the Heavenly Father in a very majestic figure and the likeness of Jesus depicting the Son and an immense white dove with a nine-foot wingspan denoting the Holy Spirit. One known as the Goddess of Liberty, whose replica in the Statue of Liberty is the focus of Paul's flame in New York Harbor, is the Ascended Master, who is the mother of the Flame of Liberty and the sponsor of Paul the Venetian. The Flame of Liberty that burns both in the heart of France and in the heart of America, inspired the movement for independence and even the French Revolution as well as the American Revolution. It is this flame of liberty which is shared by the people of France and America that binds us so commonly in our devotion to freedom. The threefold flame of liberty is identical to the threefold flame in the heart. In fact, it is simply another name. And that liberty is the freedom of the soul to choose to be God incarnate. The threefold flame of liberty, then, is the perfect fusion of the elements of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And upon this foundation, Paul teaches his disciples the meaning of love as a discipline of the qualities of the Trinity in each of us. He bids us welcome to his retreat as our souls journey at night while our bodies sleep. And he bids us welcome to one or more of the many rooms which are workshops in his retreat where we can perfect our art, our sculpture, and the very design of the soul on the path of initiation. He takes us individually to a room where there is a blank canvas, and he asks us to meditate upon our own Christ consciousness and to bring forth our own self-image of the Christ. It's a self-portrait of the real self. Some of us have gone there hundreds of years ago, and we come again and we view the painting that we have painted of our conception of the Christ within. Through evolution and a greater oneness with God, we improve that awareness, and so we ask Paul if he might not allow us to repaint the painting. And this is the idea of the discipline, that he knows his disciples will return, constantly perfecting the image of the Christ within in preparation for the path of the ascension. Can you tell us about the relationship between love and art? Art is the expression of the love of the soul, and it is intended to portray the footsteps on that path of initiation, the stations of the cross, the way marks of our overcoming of our trials and our tribulations. In addition, love being the cohesive power of the universe is the very foundation of life 
and in every cell, and therefore love is a geometry of being. And that geometry brought forth is intended to be exalted in art. Paul teaches his students that meditation upon art is for the awakening of the power of God within and that all art should lead to this. And, of course, he points out the discrepancy in modern art with this basic goal and teaches us that many of the modern artists today are not tuning in to the delicate vibrations of his retreat and the great master artists, but instead are tuning in to the subconscious, the collective unconscious, and what is known as the astral plane. And from out of this astral plane, the artists are bringing forth not the love and the discipline of the soul, but great dissonance and inharmony, which is not productive to the true culture of the Holy Spirit. What is the effect of imperfect forms on the consciousness of those who see them? Well, the ancient proverb goes, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The masters understand the creative science of vision, the science of the immaculate concept. As we see, we become. If our children meditate upon imperfection, discord, dissonance, this is what they will outpicture in their consciousness. In ancient Greece and Rome, it was the way of life to have pregnant women meditate upon the beautiful statues so that they could mold in their consciousness the perfect form and transfer this to their offspring. This is a very real science. What we see, we do become. And so Paul teaches us that we must guard the consciousness of little children and surround them with paintings and art that is conducive to the harmony of their soul. What does Paul the Venetian teach on love? Paul gives us the very essence of love that is the Holy Spirit. Love that is a self-sacrifice and a surrender to do the will of God. It's amazing, but the more we understand of God's love, the more we realize it involves the total giving of the self to that God in manifestation. And in order to totally give oneself, we must discipline our energies and our way of life. And therefore there is no love as the true compassion of the Christ for us, for humanity, without the discipline of the self. Paul uses the symbol of a rose unfolding within the heart as the unfolding of the consciousness of love. He teaches that love is a pink flame, a very intense fire that consumes all hatred of the Christ or manifestations of Antichrist, which are in fact anti the real self. He gives us an awareness that love is simply the perpetual flowing of the crystal stream of God's consciousness. And this flowing of the stream is both the giving and the receiving of the beloved and the soul who is reaching up for that union with God. He gives to us a beautiful mantra, which was dictated to the messenger Mark Prophet, for our meditation in love. This is the way it goes. I am so willing to be filled with the love of God. I am calling to be thrilled with the love of God. I am longing so for grace from the heart of God, yearning just to see his face by the love of God. 
as a rose unfolding fair wafts her fragrance on the air. I pour forth to God devotion, one now with the cosmic ocean. I am hoping so to be, made by love divine. I am longing Christ to be, holy only thine. I am so peaceful in thy love, feel at home with God above. I am at one with all mankind, the cords of love God's children bind. I am for air one living soul, with angels man and God as goal. As a rose unfolding fair, wafts her fragrance on the air. I pour forth to God devotion, one now with the cosmic ocean. I am locked in God's great love, his mighty arms of power, cradled now by heaven above, protected every hour. I am a light with happiness, wholly filled with God's success, for I am love of righteousness. I love thee, love thee, love thee, my own God presence bright. Love me, love me, love me, protect me by thy might. Remain within and round me till I become thy light. As a rose unfolding fair wafts her fragrance on the air, I pour forth to God devotion, one now with the cosmic ocean. Paul the Venetian teaches us that we can pursue art and love and beauty as the discipline for our ascension, the acceleration of our soul into the white fire core of being. What is the highest form of love? The highest form of love is the total giving of self, first to God and then to humanity in service and in a life lived to the glory of that God. As the psalmist said, let God be magnified. Thank you very much. Now, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today we are joined by Dr. Narrowly Duffy. Please stay with us. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. 
The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And indeed, we are back. And joining us is the aforementioned Dr. Nerly Duffy. <laughs> Hi, Nerly. Hi, Hi, great Nerly. to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. You're so welcome. Now, when we think of those moments when we feel spontaneous, intense love, we often think of it in the context of falling in love. Is the love we are falling into actually a moment of touching the essence of God? Well, when we fall in love, we often feel like we are in love with the whole world and mm-hmm. everyone and everything just starts to have that glow uh-huh. and looks lovely and, and we feel like all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And yep, yep, that yep. kind of love <laughs> is, is truly is the love of the soul for another soul or the higher self. So yes, it is God in you loving God in another person. And that kind of love is lasting it's transformative it goes beyond time and space and it never really ends it's kind of like the ripple in the pond it just keeps going well i know that we've we, um god is love has often been mm-hmm. a statement we've all heard so i think that's a is is all love really one love well it is all one because it comes from the one source it's all connected Many of the saints have felt this transformative love when they contacted God. And then when they contacted God, they felt more love and compassion for everyone. And it made them want to be a better person, kind of like when you fall in love, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. want to be the best possible person you can for that other person and for the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I I think it's safe to say that many of us sometimes struggle with giving love Mm. to all, (laughs) you know, such as honoring Jesus' great commandment to Mm. love thy neighbor. You know, why is it that we sometimes have such a hard time loving certain people? And don't you find they're the ones that we really need to love the most? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it comes back, I think, to the equation of karma. We've talked about it a lot, connections and debts to life mm-hmm. from our past lives. So if someone is in our life, then there's usually a profound reason. And if we can love them, we set them free and we set ourselves free. There are no accidents. There are no accidents. <laughs> so if you have trouble getting that loving feeling towards them, start small. Work on not feeling at least negative or repulsed or the hatred or the anger, try to work on that and then work up to a feeling that's a little bit more neutral and then you can get into the love theme. And one way that helps is imagine their higher self, imagine their guardian angel, think of a master superimposed over them, find some way to truly love. I'm thinking of Therese of Leisure who... Mm -hmm had a nun that she absolutely couldn't stand. (laughs) And there's this this great saintly nun, um, you know, resenting and feeling repulsion towards another nun. And sometimes all she could do is just run away and then come back. But she gradually decided to send love to this nun to ignore her faults and failings, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, to realize that if there's something there, it must be a reflection of something in herself. And she started to serve her 
and help her. And eventually this nun was transformed and said, you know, why do you love me so much? <laughs> Isn't that something? It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you, you and I were talking this weekend, if you recall, about mm-hmm. what we see in others, we strengthen mm-hmm. in ourselves. And it's really informative to realize that sometimes what we're reacting to in somebody else is mm-hmm. really something that we've got to work yeah, on yeah. inside. Yeah, and that's why you react to them, but the person next to you has no problem with them at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it's usually something in ourselves. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's a really good idea to practice <laughs> loving others unconsciously. That's, yeah. that's what I'm gathering yeah. here. What happens to us, though, spiritually, when we choose not to do that? Good question. Well, to tell the truth, we pay a big price. Uh, we can actually stop our progress spiritually, and hmm. what's worse is we develop hardness of heart. Instead of having that open heart hmm. of love and compassion, we start to tense up, we start to feel that constriction around the heart, uh, encrustations of hardness of heart, and mm-hmm. that becomes harmful to us, not only if we express it, but it can actually affect your physical health, your emotional, your spiritual, your mental health. And and what really happens is we start to become tied to this person until <laughs> we can truly oh, yeah. love them enough. And you know, have you found that somebody really irritates you and they live next door or they're they're your boss or yep. something and you can never seem to get away from it. That's right. You've got to work it out. You've got to work it out. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe elaborating on that point and the other one we were making before about, you know, what we see in others, we mm. strengthen in ourselves. When we encounter someone with whom we seem to have a hard time connecting or loving, this could be an indicator that we have some karma to clean up with them, doesn't yeah. it? That's true. It's very safe to say that. <laughs> and it may not be that person specifically, although it could be, mm-hmm. but it may be something that they represent. So you have to look at themes in your life. If you always have trouble with your boss, you know, that's a theme. That's not, that's something that you have to I really, see. you know, work on. If you always have trouble with men or mm-hmm. women or children or whatever, that's something to work on. So get to work with the violet flame. Send love and forgiveness. They don't even have to know about it. You can just silently pray for them, use the mantras, and you start to feel something changing, and often they will feel something changing in you. Yeah, well, th- this may be either good news or bad news, depending upon <laughs> what you think about it. But, you know, if, in fact, um, we have this karma to clean up and we we know that karma is relentless, there's really no escaping it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to continuously come back to these yes. moments with yes. these people until yes. we do resolve it. Yeah, and that really is an incentive to find ways. Yeah, let's you know, get it done. Find a way to help them, speak kindly to them, be patient, be loving. Find a way to serve them. Yeah. You know, any expression of love, cooking a meal for somebody, make it very practical, make it very real. Yeah, yeah. just a kind word every day. Yeah. I mean, a smile. Yeah. You, you know something that I, I have found myself doing from time to time when I, when I sense that there might be yeah. a problem uh, negotiating or interacting with someone is to make a, a, a prayer or a decree mm-hmm. or a call that mm-hmm. you actually communicate at the Christ level, the holy Christ level. Uh-huh. And so you got that upper thing happening and you're kind of out yeah. of the way. Yeah. It seems and, to work. and if you know that you, like you're going to have a meeting with him tomorrow and it's going to be contentious, right. ask to meet in the heavenly retreats at night and talk about it ahead of time. And it's amazing how that smooths the way. You know, oh, yeah. one of the things I'm reminded of, my, my dad used to say this, Kill them with kindness. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, there's, there's a dark well, side to that. You know? Yeah, well, my dad used to say you catch more flies with, with honey than vinegar. Yeah. Of course, we don't want to catch flies, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but our, our dads meant well, didn't they? They did, they yeah. Almost got it right. So uh, we should understand, shouldn't we, that it might be a good idea to appeal for help, you know, maybe Ascended Master help when we uh, find ourselves in an intense karmic situation. So who, who do we call upon for this help, and, and how do we go about framing our call 
Well, there are many masters who can help us in this kind of situation. I'm thinking of St. Germain and the Violet Flame Angels. I'm thinking of Kathumi, the master psychologist, Mother Mary, Jesus. I mm-hmm. mean, practically anybody in heaven will help you with this because they've all dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So you just address the master by name, calling by the authority of your Holy Christ self and I am presence. You tell the master in your own words what's happening, what you'd like to see happen, and you ask for your call to be adjusted according to the will of God. So I would say... Beloved Jesus, beloved St. Germain, I call in the name of the Christ. I'm having a problem with this person. Um, here's what's happening to me. They're irritated every time I talk to them. I can't seem to do anything right. I try very hard, but nothing's working. Uh, please help me. Please send the violet flame into the situation. Mm-hmm. And I ask for my call to be accord- adjusted according to the will of God. Amen. Real simple. Wow. Yeah, and, and we can call to the archangels. Oh, we, yes. we can call to all the great beings of light. Yeah. Yeah, pick your favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, on that on that point, we we actually got a, a letter about this. Angels are the archangels are ascended masters. Yes, they are they ascended are. beings. Yeah, some have actually been embodiment. Most of them haven't. Yeah, yeah. Just thought, I'd... but they totally, <laughs> but they and they're the teachers of mankind, and they totally get it. They yeah. totally understand what it's like to live on Earth. Well, you know, when um, even when we mess up, <laughs> God, the masters, the angels, they love us unconditionally, don't they? I think that's one of the greatest revelations, um, that the masters see us as we truly are. They mm-hmm. don't pay so much attention to the little peccadillos and stuff that goes on down here. <laughs> and God really loves us and forgives us, and he even forgives us before we actually ask, yeah. which I found astounding. Uh, yeah. Me too. When we choose to feel worthless and unlovable, what what happens to us then? Well, there's a quick step from... Um, worthlessness to into self-condemnation. Yeah. And St. Germain says when you start to condemn yourself, you're putting yourself outside of the circle of God. So you actually have to stop feeling bad about yourself, hmm. love yourself, see yourself as lovable, transmute that feeling, and then you step right back inside of the circle of God. So who puts us outside the circle? We do. We do, we do it, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to switch gears here just a bit, but when we say that Paul the Venetian is an initiator of the heart chakra, what does this mean? Well, initiations are tests that come to us in various ways. They're usually quite intense. So the Paul the Venetian, as the initiator of our heart, will find ways and means to help us to open the heart and to love in greater ways. So you can think about many ways this might happen in your heart. You may see somebody in your life that you need to open your heart and give them help and assistance. And it may be like not where you really want to go, but <laughs> you get that tap on the shoulder and you know, okay, this is a test. Yeah. I need to open my heart. Yeah. You know, as we heard earlier, uh, art and beauty are essential cornerstones of an Ascended Master culture, yet these these topics are given very little <laughs> yeah. attention in our public schools. Uh, what does this lack do to our children? Well, children are very sensitive. They have a deep inner spiritual life. They love to place their attention on beauty, beautiful art forms. It's pleasing to the soul. We heard earlier what you place your attention on, what you look upon, you become. So when our children don't have lovely things to look at in their lives, they start to outpicture what they're seeing, and it manifests in different ways. Emotions that are ugly, Mm. behavior that's not in keeping with their higher self, Thoughts that are disquieting and on and on. So more or less what we're seeing are pictured in the world today. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's really unfortunate because it's what's promoted as being positive in our culture often. Yeah. Entertainment, yeah. things that are coming through the media, just they have that, that yeah. cast. Yes. Yeah, and every, and every parent sees their beautiful, innocent child and, and mm. doesn't want them to go in that direction. But it's 
really hard. Not you know, you're kind of swimming upstream. Oh golly! Well, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to take a break right here, but please don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of art, beauty, love, and the ascended masters with Narrowly Duffy. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thank you. We're back for more discussion with Nairly Duffy on the subjects of and related to love. 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 Yes. <laughs> now, we, uh, when we left off last segment, um, a lot of what passes for art these days is really dark, chaotic, and negative. Um, why do you suppose so many people are drawn to something that can be so soul-deadening? I think their souls really know what's true art and what isn't, but they've been taught to think that some of the negative stuff is art or it's artistic or it's somehow beautiful, and, and they start to believe it. When, you, when mm. that's all you're exposed to, that's what you come to believe. So once the, that energy and those thought forms start on the downward path, it keeps going down that way until it's actually turned around. My wife and I went to an art gallery recently in a large city. I won't mention where it is. And it, we went to the modern art area. We literally had to leave and very fast. The vibration was so, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it was it was dissonant. Mm-hmm. It was inharmonious. I mean, it just yes. it felt black and dark, yeah. and just I don't know how people. And as we're leaving, there's a group of children coming in who looked like about second graders, maybe with their teacher, who was saying, "Oh, now isn't this interesting, kids? Look at this one." Mm. I think to myself, I wish I could grab those kids up and just carry yeah. them out. <laughs> well, there's a reason why in the Golden Ages, you know, it was classical art forms. I mean, you look at Golden Age of Greece, Golden Age oh, of yeah. Rome, beautiful classical art forms. And so everywhere you look, there was something pleasing to look at. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen things from the level of a child and, you know, you imagine yourself going to school and what you're actually seeing, apart from things in nature like trees, greenery, mountains, which we're fortunate to have here, mm-hmm. a lot of children don't actually see anything in particular that's beautiful oh, on the subway or whatever. You know, you'd be lucky if you see something that's literally uplifting to your soul. And after a while, that wears you down. Yeah. Well, I remember as a, as a, in junior high or high school, you know, at the Des Moines Art Institute, uh, there was a huge piece of canvas with just red paint just splashed on Ooh. it. And, and that was the beginning of, of it in, in my memory of, yeah. of this whole, this whole and, and at a soul level, a splash of red represents what? Anger. Anger. So yeah. you're kind of looking at angry stuff. You know, Ooh, and they were softening you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the same is true for music, isn't it? I mean, jazz, for example, can be dark, jagged, and, and chaotic mm. in the same way as modern art. Who, who's behind this anti-art? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, well, Terry, you know the answer to that one. It's <laughs> the little fallen angels or oh, the big fallen angels. Or, yeah. You know, it, it's forces of darkness at different levels, and, and mm-hmm. they take people and misguide them, and then it becomes you know, the way things are. And I think in order to turn around civilization and bring in a golden age again, we're going to have to look at things just as we're looking at this now, you know, look at an art form and say, you know, is this uplifting to my soul? What effect does it have on me? When I meditate on this painting, what do I get? Right. And And you can tell. Oh, I think, like you said, I think we know instantly whether or not it's beneficial or if it's harmful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's let's switch gears a bit here. Um, We talked a bit in the last segment about the love we feel when we fall in love. Mm. as somehow, you know, touching the essence of God. Isn't the same true when we feel that intense bond of love with and for our children? The same principle applies. We're loving God in our children, and it's God in us that's loving God in our children because we're all, in essence, an aspect of love. So it becomes God-loving God, and it's universal. Yeah. Well, I promise I'm not making light of this, but on the subject of unconditional love... (laughs) Oh, I know it's coming. (laughs) We can learn a lot from our loyal, loving pets, can't we? Oh, that's true. Sweet little beings. You know, for some people, pets can be lifesavers. They can calm a person down. They can assist in recovery and healing. That's why they take them into hospitals, Mm -hmm. uh, all people's homes... It can be quite profound. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who works for the Red Cross and does, you know, therapy for people who are in uh, extreme situations, mm-hmm. the Haiti earthquake or, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and this dog goes with her. Incredibly self-giving. You know, just people see a dog and, and, and they can go up and be themselves. And, and it's profound. So, yeah, I mean, love. You know, and, and the little pets are, that are like that, that are special, are, are earning their threefold flame. They're, they're becoming who they really are. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't remember if you saw this um, particular image or not. I think it was the Mexico City earthquake, if I'm mm. not mistaken. It's, it's quite a ways back. And there was a small child, maybe a year and a half, mm. whose parents and family were killed in that earthquake, who is lying asleep on a dog. Mm. This, this dog is there, and the dog is fully awake. You, you, mm-hmm. The picture is taken. The dog is absolutely clearly 
guarding. serving and guarding this child. young children. Oh. Yeah. oh man, I thought, wow, you know, that yeah. picture. It was so, it was beautiful, just beautiful. Um, I go back again to something else we've been talking about because you've been saying that, you know, it's God loving God. And on this subject of uh, Jesus' commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself, this self that's referred to as really our Christ self, mm. isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, otherwise the idea of loving ourselves has a bit of a narcissist, uh, narcissistic tone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I r- rented lips <laughs> today. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's about loving the higher self, the Christ self of another. So we're, we're not saying, oh, you know, we just love the, Mm-hmm. The person who's, you know, murdering somebody. I mean, we love the higher self, but we don't love the not self. Yeah. And there, and each of us has a not self. And, and, you know, that's where forgiveness comes in. You're not forgiving the lower self. You're forgiving the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, this not self we refer to a couple mm-hmm. of other times too. We're talking about the dweller on the threshold. Mm-hmm. We got to do a show about that one oh, of these absolutely. days. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's a great book, The Enemy Within, uh, by yes. the Fair Prophet, which just, Oh, it's a life changer. It is. It is. Well, you know, as noted in the interview we heard earlier with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, the true expression of beauty and love through art is is truly liberating for the soul. Now, isn't this why we place so much emphasis on art, the fact that it can be a pathway to liberty and ultimately the ascension? (laughs) Well, yes, especially those who serve on the third ray of divine love. You know, each of us has a particular color ray that we're working on. Mm -hmm. But it's a fine line, and we find that so many of the artistic type of people, actors, artists, musicians, can end up in a very bad way spiritually, mentally, Mm -hmm. and emotionally, as well as physically, because they feel things at such a deep level. They're very sensitive to the different art forms, and if it's not absolutely... A1 correct, it can lead them down to, you know, an unfortunate path, which is the Mm -hmm. opposite of the pathway of the ascension. And I used to think, well, art's a nice luxury, but actually it's essential. Essential. Yeah, it really is. Well, would you advise that people take up some form of art as part of their daily lives? Yeah, well, Paul Venetian says that life is art. Mm -hmm. So for many reasons, art in whatever form appeals to you can be very helpful. It can feed the soul. It can provide an outlet and an escape. It can help us to heal, can boost the immune system. You know, I remember reading about Winston Churchill and he would go through very black moods and depressions mm-hmm. and he had his incredible, difficult, you know, life that he led and a great statesman and he would paint, paint watercolors. Oh, interesting. And a lot of people do that. Hmm. You know, they have some form of outlet that you would never expect, but it's vital. Yeah. Now, here's a, here's a good one for a doctor that you are. Perhaps our listeners are aware that there is a form of expressive therapy that explores creativity in the arts as a catalyst for healing and therapy, and it's yeah. called, uh, not surprisingly, therapy. art therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so on the divine level, isn't, isn't this yeah. what Paul the Venetian champions at the core of his service to humanity? Yeah, and that's why in his retreats he has these canvases, and you can go in there and you can paint on inner levels. Because when you paint or you draw, it's a way of bypassing the conscious mind to get into the subconscious mind on the higher or the superconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So we actually did art therapy when I was going through treatment for breast cancer, and we had to draw what does our illness represent to us very insightful i learned a lot about myself and my illness by what i drew because i'm not planning to draw anything Mm -hmm. and i just start drawing i go whoa look at that (laughs) look at that (laughs) wow yeah fascinating Uh you know um on the subject of art having this healing qualities uh the poet william congaree famously said that music has charms to soothe a savage breast to soften rocks or bend a knotted oak Oh, I no. didn't know he said that. Yes. Yeah. And music plays a very important role in the expression of art and beauty, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. well, I, I, we know it does. I Certain guess that's a rhetorical tribes. question. Yeah. But what kind of music in particular is most beneficial to liberating the soul? 
particularly classical music, some forms of Eastern music, anything that soothes the soul, anything that boosts the immune system and is pretty measurable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is there anything you would like to add to this discussion on the connection between hmm. art, beauty, divine hmm. love, music, what? I could ask you guys the same question. But oh, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I would say is when you feel loved, you can do anything. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because love has that point. You know, just imagine when you fell in love, and most of us have fallen in love, there's that moment where you feel anything is possible. You know, literally, you can see that the world can change. You can see that love conquers all. You can see the problems, but they're not important. You know, that kind of feeling, if we can capture that and sort of bottle that. <laughs> yeah, that, bottle the essence you know, that of love. Changes, that, that changes that the That teenage world. thing that you, that, yeah. that first puppy love. Yeah. I mean, well, I've seen it in people in their 70s. So I, did, I. I did a, a wedding for <laughs> a couple in their 70s, and it was like, whoa, love. Oh, oh well, I mean, I, I think it's clear, and I think it probably goes without saying, that we know how potent Mm-hmm. It is. And when we experience sometimes the opening of our soul through art, mm-hmm. and we experience tapping into that that core of love, I remember once I'm going to, actually I wasn't even going to do this, I was invited to a concert, and it was the Brahms mm-hmm. um, Requiem. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the so Requiem is going to be kind of, maybe a little bit dark. <laughs> oh, my, I mean, it was, trans, it was mm-hmm. transformational. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they did it in English, not in German. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. that music was so inspiring and uplifting that I, I left there in this in, incredible state of love. Man, and, I just felt like I just and loved And how long everybody. did that uplifting state last? Well, it lasts quite a while. And I yeah. should say that um, I've done a lot of singing in, in yeah. choirs, choral choirs and touring choirs. We ended up doing the Brahms in both English yeah. and in German. Yeah. And it had the same effect on me every time. Yeah. Um, and others like the um, uh, there's the uh, Mozart. B minor, the Mozart D, Mass in D, and also the Bach B minor Mass. The same sort of thing. You'd think they'd be somber, yeah. but there's this beautiful, yeah. And that loving, feeling stays with you like for a long 24 time. hours yeah. a week. It's pretty amazing. And it's boosting your immune system. It's healing your soul. It's well, lowering taller. your blood pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, feeling taller, being more loving. I'm thinking of, uh, of what I was told about Mark Prophet just prior to him mm. making his ascension, that he had so much love in his in his being mm. that he was very easily harmed by just anything you know i mean this man was was he wasn't just loving his family and his community and his state mm-hmm. and his nation he was loving the world and i guess this is something we can shoot for i mean if if right. that's if that's what we're supposed to do on the way to the ascension why right. he was a perfect example of that yeah. well if god is love and we're becoming god i guess you know logically yes. that would say that we're becoming love well that yeah. that quote in the bible of it you know you have everything but if you have not charity or love mhm we're a hollow reed yeah yeah, yeah like was it uh, tinkling brass tinkling uh, brass yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, this has been a fun program. I, you know, I'll being say. a musician and an artist of sorts, and yes, indeed, well, yeah. I think we we all are, whether we know it or not, probably. Yeah. yeah exactly. And um, as you said, another hour has literally flown by, <laughs> and that's all the time we have this yeah. week. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Nerly Duffy for sharing her knowledge of the Ascended Masters' teachings, and for you know really penetrating the insights into what makes us what we are, makes us what as we loving all are. beings. Yeah. Loving beings. And we also want to thank you, our listeners, for being with us and for staying with us. We hope you will join us again soon. And until then, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. world. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll be with you again soon. Okay.
Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.